There is a traditional adage that says if one lives in a place long enough and in mindful manner gets out into the wildness of that place, that resident energies will make themselves known and help guide that person via awakened notions and insights to more intimately know not only that place, but by extension, the infinite network of all places. Deep in the rugged forest canyons of Colorado's Rocky Mountains, far from even the most remote logging roads and mining roads, people live. Some are in small groups, many are alone, living in practical, self-built structures, eating what is available to them, grounded deeply within themselves and the surrounding wilderness. They are believed to live lives that are impartially, relentlessly, and beautifully free. I have heard stories of a man, apparently somewhat odd in his ways, who lives on a small ridge overlooking a creek near the bottom of a particularly deep watershed ravine. A man who is said to be a deeply awakened Buddhist practitioner, perhaps even a burgeoning Buddha. The stories say he is usually accommodating to hikers who happen upon his camp once he sizes them up and determines responsible intentions. And people relate, he has for years apparently been partial to visitors who come in morning time when the sun of the southeastern sky shines upon his ridgetop. So it was early one morning I set out, driving into the mountains, up toward the wild basin trailhead, and found the paved road that led to the dirt road that dead-ended in a clearing surrounded by deep underbrush, from which a switched-back trail descended into the steep canyon, ending at the creek that led to the man's camp. The morning light was splintered with shadows, and after about an hour's walk along the creek bed, a glinting up ahead caught my eye. As I approached, I saw it was sunlight reflecting on the shoulders of a golden-colored Buddha statue sitting atop a huge granite boulder. In the near distance, I heard the Heart Sutra being chanted in a full-toned man's voice. I had arrived. I waited in silence for a minute or so after the chanting stopped, and as I was about to call out hello, I saw him standing on the ledge ahead, smiling, beckoning me to come join him. I introduced myself. He did not tell me his name, but shook my hand. Noticing the red protection cord around my neck, he chuckled and said, Mahayana, eh? Which tradition? I told him the Galugpa, and he nodded. Okay, Drakpa, I don't have a lot of time today, but come on and sit down. Drink some tea with me. From that moment, he never referred to me other than as Drakpa, Losang Drakpa being the ordination name of Lama Tsongkhapa, the founder of the Galug school of Tibetan Buddhism. He had a deeply humble character, confidently kind and gentle, and very quick-witted. We talked about many things, ranging from a little about ourselves and the life-affirming warmth of morning sun to the benefit of Heart Sutra recitations. Keeping its message in mind makes everything one does a dharma-infused activity, he said. After about 40 minutes, he looked at his watch 
and said he needed to be going in a few minutes as he had promised to help some Down Creek friends with work they were doing. Curious, I asked how living out here, far away from so much, resonated with his Dharma practice. He sat quietly for a few moments, took a large sip of tea, and began explaining. Well, my friend Drakpa, it was many years ago, not too long after I began my Buddhist inquiries, that I realized that the framework of Dharma studies and practices was, in the largest sense, an ecological one, devoted to asserting and nurturing the rights and well-being of all beings in our environment, not just human ones. And clear to see, running through that ecology are the threads and intersections of impermanence and place. In this life, which doesn't occur for very long, we can only be in one place at any point in time, and it has been my view that being deeply rooted in place is resonant with best recognizing and navigating the impermanence of all there is. So, he continued, as a devoted practitioner with science of life inklings, seeking a suitable location in which to fully experience and live in accord with creatures of all shapes and sizes and lifespans, I went searching and found this ridge. Living modestly in this wild place, having traded the normal cultural must-haves and distractions for the natural creature comforts that are so abundant here, my name and personal history are completely irrelevant. There are no entanglements interfering with breaking down boundaries and nurturing instinctive and fiercely rewarding selflessness, born of undeniable interconnection and innate sanity. Perceptions of inside and outside, myself and my surroundings, all of it is porous and transparent, and everything. Look around, Drakpa. Look at the rock and the trees, the flowing water and sunlight and morning fogs. Smell the flourishing life of the forest and the creatures, all the creatures, as they and I share this wild place together, each of them becomes a part of my being and I of theirs. Each year I return from the city, arriving in early spring and remaining until the nighttime freezing temperatures of the late fall. I abide here in simple routine. I am nothing unique or special. I merge and unite, steadfastly mindful to accord harmoniously as just another aspect of it all, no more, no less. I've my books, writings and practice, and everything I do honors and observes the well-being of the life forms with which I share this land. My teacher calls this way of living wearing the natural face. Growing quiet, he gazed down toward the water and then up into the trees. I listened to the sounds of the creek cold, clear, mountain water rushing over rocks and stones. He continued, I'm well in body and happy in mind. I eat plainly, rise with the morning light, and sleep when darkness falls. And I have many close friends and neighbors here among the water, land, and air critters. We share in the food. I talk, chant, and sing to them regularly. 
In concert with this is meditation, the deepest of my individual practices. This is where the glorious connections between mind and body are recognized and magnified, and the intuitive oneness that blossoms is embraced and carried out to the surroundings, infusing everything I do. You see, Drakpa, this forest, these mountains, this ridgetop is a microcosm of all that is. At each moment, we and our world are occurring with and within each other. All locales, all people, all beings, all things, empty of separateness, of unique individualism. We're all moving through this together, each in our own place, sharing in the ongoing impermanence. To know this, to really know it, is indestructible preciousness. And to engage and live, it then becomes a blessing for all, including ourselves. A pause for reflection, then. Awareness of this is my practice, my enduring way of navigating the Buddhist path. With this, he finished his tea and stood, signaling an end to our time together. I appreciate the tea and your time. The energies of this place dance very well with you and you with them, I said gratefully. It has been so very nice to meet you. Thanks, Drakpa. It's been nice to meet you too. I'm glad you came by. Enjoy your time here in the hills where there's always so much to learn and feel free to return here as you'd like. Thank you, I'll be sure to. And when I do, is there anything you'd like me to bring, anything you could use? A hearty laugh. Oh, thanks Drakpa, that's okay. I've got everything I need. But if you'd like, feel free to bring along some nice bodhicitta the seed of pure well-being. Even in this fertile place, there can never be too much of it. As we shook hands, he leaned in, kissed my cheek, and said goodbye. This recording, titled Wearing the Natural Face, was written by Mark Winwood and included in his 2016 collection of writings I'm stopping my finger now, Tibetan Buddhist Musings for Western Life. Mark, that's me, is the founder of the Chenrizik Project, a Northern Colorado-based Tibetan Buddhist study and practice group with an active online presence. You can learn more about the Chenrizik Project at our website, www.chenrizikproject.org. That's C-H-E-N-R-E-Z-I-G project.org. Our accompanying music, titled Surprise, was composed and performed by our collaborator, the San Francisco Bay Area musician Bobby Vega, and appears on his 2017 album, Matters of the Heart. Bobby's reputation for feel is legendary, and through his music, he shares how transitions and melody can be expressed in creatively new ways where slight variations in feel, touch, and timing can speak volumes emotionally. Please feel free to further explore Bobby and his music at his website, www.bobbyvega.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-V-E-G-A.com. Or, as he's very findable online, you can simply Google his name or look for his numerous videos on YouTube. 
we remain grateful to Bobby for his friendship, his talents, and his generosity in sharing his music with our listeners in these broadcasts. Please feel free to share the link to this with those you feel it might resonate. And thank you for listening.